A new power is rising. Its victory is at hand. This night, the internet will be stained with the blood of Shives. March to late seating. Leave none alive. To war! There will be no dawn for Shives. everybody and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation. Whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is good, isn't it, Steve? Yes. I am grudgingly forced to admit that the reputation everybody is excellent. Everybody likes this movie, huh, Steve? Just about everybody. Yeah, except for one tiny <laughs> little red dot. <laughs> there's, there's, there's one outlier... There's a single outlier that needs to be excised it's and just, maybe biopsy. It's just ruining that that perfect percentage. What movie are we going to review this time around, Steve? We are going to review the second film in the landmark Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Two Towers. Oh! And just so that we can highlight the differences between Steve and I uh-huh. and our approaches to this film, I own every weapon from this movie. <laughs> and the first movie, and the third movie. As well as some maps, <laughs> a couple of the replicas, I have four versions of the book... Or books, however you want to look at it, and I tend to read it a lot. Steve, how how much do you how much stuff for Lord of the Rings do you have in your house? Oh, I, I don't have any of that stuff. Why? No, I it's, it's you, you know why? Because um I, yesterday when before we recorded this <laughs> when I watched this movie, yeah. that was the first time I had ever watched the movie. That's right. So we're getting a hot take from yeah, Steve. Yeah, it's a it's a hot take on this 17-year-old film. That's right. The Lord of the Rigs, the Two Towers. Hey Steve, you got any trivia for this movie? I do have some trivia for this movie. Yeah. I hope it's good trivia that I haven't heard. It, you've probably heard it, but it's I think More it's interesting likely, trivia. Since uh, when I bought the extended editions, I also watched all of the stuff they added to it. <laughs> The making of, uh, I'm you sure, know, yeah. well, you know, it's an d- additional thirteen hours of material. <laughs> you just took a weekend. They were like, "Honey, you and I, the kids just, have a I good quit time." My job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, I'm sure you've you've heard this trivia before, but I, uh, yeah, I. Well, there's one bit of trivia that I found quite charming, actually. Um, Vigo Mortensen has a horse in the movie that's like his character's horse. And uh, yeah, and he liked the horse so much that after the filming he was ate over, it. He, he, <laughs> I don't know what he did after he got it home, but he he bought it, so it became his horse because he liked the that's horse right. so much. Um, and this is another bit of trivia that I thought was interesting because you know this movie is known uh, for having such great like computer generated effects, but one of the more subtle effects in the movie is, is a practical effect. When there's a very brief scene in this movie where we see Kate Blanchett's character Galadriel, yeah, and she always has like a sparkling effect in her eyes when you get like a close up of her face, and yeah. and that sparkling effect is not CGI. That is actually a practical effect that they achieved by arranging Christmas. Lights is it behind the camera. It's me- oh. <laughs> Christmas lights that were filled with methamphetamine. 
Well, I could go on and on about the combination of, of physical effects and CGI that they used in this movie to attain a level of perfection that has not been matched in movies <laughs> since then, you, but I'm not gonna. You surely could. I have some, tri- I have some trivia. Go for it. When Viggo Mortensen finds the pile of dead orcs and thinks that Marion Piven are dead and he kicks that, that orc helmet, yeah, he, that yell in the movie is because he broke his toe. <laughs> oh, shit. He broke his toe kicking that thing, and that was the take that Peter Jackson liked the most. <laughs> We're going to preserve that Also, he almost drowned. He I, almost drowned. I heard that. I did hear that story, that he almost drowned. It's funny when you push someone with that much real armor on him into a river, how they kind of might drown. <laughs> so they're like, let's take off the chain mail and everything else. Um, uh, other trivia? I wept openly when I saw it in the movie theater several times. <laughs> I think that's it. You have anything else? Uh, I I just I noted that uh, as with all of the other films in this trilogy, it, this movie was nominated for Best Picture that year. Um, it was the only Best Picture nominee that was not also nominated for acting, writing, or directing. Right. So it's just one of those mysteries. Uh, they figure they'll take care of it the next didn't, year, right, didn't, Steve? Didn't have any of the best actors, writers, or directors, but it's one of the five best movies of the year. Weird how that works out sometimes. <laughs> you mean with the Academy Awards? It's a mystery. The, I don't know. Yeah, I, know. It's I don't know how they come to the decisions <laughs> they come to. Who knows how these things happen? But yes, yes, <laughs> you, you are right. They did make it up the next year. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. When they decided, we're doing this from here on out, guys. Hollywood's only doing this. <laughs> Three-hour movies. Oh, boy. Ah, so you ready? Thanks, Peter. Ready, yes, Steve? yes. You ready to find out who let's, made let's it? Talk the about same list ma- as before. <laughs> it's the same exact list as before. It's almost as if they just shot this movie at the same time as that last one we did. That's yeah. crazy. Who would oh. do that? I know. What if the first movie flopped? <laughs> <laughs> then you've got some awesome DVD extras. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> Here's the rest of the movie. Shut up. <laughs> it's directed by Peter Jackson. You know who he is. I don't have to do it, do I? I don't. What has he done lately? He directed The Nothing. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, not really. Well, he, he, re- he directed a new version of The Lord of the Rings, apparently. He wept his way through The Hobbit, is what he, <laughs> he did. He was like, his- I didn't want to, he didn't want to do it. Well, He was tired. He- <laughs> He dried his tears with $100 bills, my friend, if that was the case. I knew The Hobbit was going to fail when I saw behind-the-scenes footage, and I saw Peter Jackson sitting in a chair, looking at a monitor, drinking coffee. And I said, wait, is that George Lucas? Exactly. It's like, oh, no, it's Peter Jackson. George Lucas called him up the day before principal photography said and said, look, you're just going to have to get through this, okay? <laughs> it's not going to be a good movie, but you can get through it. But the studio desperately wants it. <laughs> they asked me. Produced, to lean by, on you. produced by Barry M. Osborne, same guy as before. Fran Walsh, same girl as before. And Peter Jackson, same as before. Screenplay by the same four people. <laughs> Fran Walsh, Philippa Walsh, Philippa Boyan, Stephen Sinclair, and Peter Jackson. Based on The Two Towers by J.R.R. Tolkien. Starring Elijah Wood as Frodo Baggins, Ian McClellan as Gandalf the Grey, slash Gandalf the White, Viggo Morganson as Aragorn, Liv Tyler as Arwen, Sean Astin as Samwise, Kate Blanchett as Galadriel, John Rice Davies as Gimli, Bernard Hill as Theoden. Um, you guys know Bernard Hill is the captain from Titanic. And he's done a few other movies, and he's done some TV shows. He's a really great actor, and I like him a lot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> Christopher Lee is Simon the White. Billy Boyd is Piven. Dominic Monaghan is Mary. Orlando Bloom is Legolas. Hugo Weaving is Elrond. <laughs> Miranda Otto as Eowyn. She's been in some stuff, right? Yeah. 
Anything noteworthy or good? <laughs> She's been in a lot of stuff. Just more of the worlds than we make from Steven Spielberg. Uh, <coughs> David Wenham is Faramir. You guys know David Wenham as as One Eye, the the Spartan in Three Hundred. Oh yeah, and he was in like Van Helsing, and he was in a few other things. Yeah, Brad Dorif is Grima Wormtug. And you know him from Cuckoo's Nest and Dune and all those Chucky films. Yeah, right? absolutely. He's been in tons of stuff. Carl Urban. Little baby Carl <laughs> Urban. As Aomer. And you know him from Star Trek and Thor Ragnarok yep. and a bunch of TV shows. And yeah, you guys, you know, and the only good version of Dread, yeah. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, yeah. If you haven't seen Dredd, oh my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the reason Why they didn't make another they one. get a sequel? <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you're the reason they didn't make another one. No. Oh. <sighs> Sean Bean is Flashback. Andy Serkis is Smeagol. You guys know who Andy Serkis is. If you need someone to act digitally in a film, you call Andy Serkis. Because this was, I guess, I mean, universally, this is the first successful integration of a CG character into a live-action film. And everyone went, well, let's get that guy again. Yeah. He's done some live-action stuff. He yeah. does live-action in The Avengers, Age of Ultron, and King Kong. Mm -hmm. But other people know him as he was Caesar in Planet of the Apes. And he was uh, Captain Haddock in uh, Tintin. Which nobody saw, except for me and my dad. Because my dad made me read Tintin when I was a kid, and then I liked Tintin. You know about Tintin? Because you look a lot like Captain Haddock sometimes, Steve. Really? Yeah, beard. Oh. Drunk all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always wearing a hat. That's me. Craig Parker is Halder nothing. John Lee is Hama nothing. Bruce Hopkins is gambling nothing. John Bach is Madrill nothing. When I say nothing, I don't mean they haven't done anything. I just mean they haven't done anything that you guys would maybe recognize. Yeah. If you guys are fans of these guys, yay, they need them. Music by Howard Shore. Same guy. Cinematography, Andrew Lesney. Same, same, the same. Edited by Michael Horton. The same. Production companies are the same. New Line Cinema and Wingnut. <laughs> Distributed by New Line Cinema. Release date, December 18th, 2002. Running time, 179 Steve Shive approved minutes. Uh, yep. <laughs> Unless you're watching the extended edition, then it's 230-something. <laughs> I think we're going to watch Return of the King extended edition. Oh, you are? we are? I think oh, that would be great. Oh, boy. Well, I better We're start watching it now. We're starting to hit a point where more people have probably watched the extended edition than have seen it in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start watching it now so I have it done by the time we do that show. Length jokes! Get used to them, <laughs> folks. They're coming. <sighs> I, oh, I can't wait until we do another Kubrick film so I can make my length jokes. <laughs> Oh, he sure is holding this take a while, huh? <laughs> Did he die? Is he dead? Did he have a heart attack? Nobody yelled, cut, I kept shooting, what? <laughs> you know, I wonder it's called Eyes Wide Shut. He directed it with them closed. <laughs> Stanley, was this cut or what? <laughs> nobody's, nobody's even here anymore. Budget, $94 million. Box office, ready, Steve? I'm ready. $926 million. Almost a billion dollars with a B. <laughs> so, it was a hit. It was a it hit. It was a success. Yeah, oh lot, turns out, lots of people. I walked out of the theater and went, I wonder what's going to happen next. And then a year later, they got to find out what happened next. More orc shit. That's what happened next. <laughs> More orc shit. <laughs> 
which is probably what people wanted, right? I mean, if they walked out of the first one liking what they saw. I, then... Okay, so you don't get a whole lot of the orcs interacting with each other in this movie, but in the extended edition they do. I fucking love the orcs. I love them so much. <laughs> They're so over the top. They're like Klingons if Klingons never gave a fuck about anything, well... about cannibalism, about anything. Well, if that's true, then I wish there had been more orcs in the cut that I watched. <laughs> All right, so, Steve. Yes. We got to go into Mordor now. I know. Okay, so bring bring your Lambus bread. And I got it. rope. I got and it. And your file. The file that Galadriel gave you that's mm. full of light. Sure, Don't whatever. Don't drink yeah, it. I won't. Don't drink it. It's a la- It's a lantern, kind of. Sure, okay. I guess. Let's make sure to rope and hogtie a slave to drag with us. <laughs> While he begs for us to release him? <laughs> He's a murderer. He's a murderer. Oh, that's okay. Well, that's probably kind he's, of okay then. He's an unrepentant murderer. Well, then I guess it's okay. He would have killed them and ate them. He's not a good guy. Well, I'm on Sam's side. Kill him. We should <laughs> we should let him be our guide through the wilderness then. Uh huh. And let's let's meander through yeah. the, through the mountains and swamps <laughs> in the world. Of the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Steve, Mm -hmm. take it away. (sighs) Well, the movie must know that I'm watching, because uh, it teases me right from the beginning by starting in the middle of the last movie... Well, we, first we see the mountains. We get a, yeah, well, that's right. right. We get actually a really, really beautiful shot over the mountains. It's absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Gorgeous cinematography, gorgeous setting. And then we sort of go down into the scene from the last movie with Gandalf on the bridge fighting the Balrog. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the same thing happens. Yeah. We don't get an alternate, well, what if this happened? It's not Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have gone a little something like this. He still falls. falls he falls, But this yeah. time, we follow Gandalf down the... Down the hole, yeah, right, yeah. As he f- and we find out that Gandalf has a whole bunch of oh no, you didn't, because he is determined to kill the fuck out of that Balrog. Yeah, he stabs it all the way down, and it's he catches his sword, yeah, and then stabs it all the way down, and they fall for a really it's, long time. Huh, it's a long time. Yeah, that's right. And if the thrilling action adventure scene that bored Steve because it ran too long. <sighs> I'm just thinking, oh, God, this is a deep hole. A fucking wizard as they fall, and he fights a burning demon, and Steve is looking at his watch, tapping his foot. And and the movie is five minutes in. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus. I'm going to feel every minute of this, aren't I? But then it crashes yeah. into some water, and then oof, Frodo wakes Frodo up. Frodo wakes up. It was all a dream. Well, or was it? Not all of it. It wasn't. But, you know, it wasn't yeah. a dream. He's remember. He's dreaming of remembering of something. I don't know. Yeah, he had a bad dream. Sam's like, "Do you have a bad dream?" And he's like, "Yeah." Come on, let's walk around this mountain a bit because we're gonna walk around. And they're walking around the mountain trying to get to Mordor, right? Yeah, because they can. They get up up high and they can see Mordor right over there. Mm-hmm. But they're like, "How do we get there?" And I'm like, "Just walk towards it." Have you ever? hiked in the mountain, Steve? Just walk towards the thing. Have you ever walked in the mountain, Steve? No. You can't travel in a straight line. The minute they dip down, that thing they see disappears and they can't see it anymore. Well, then somebody in Middle Earth needs to invent a compass... They did. It's called Gollum. Uh, yeah, Anyways, so. right, they meet him in, in the next scene here. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So they they keep walking around and they get lost and they're going around in circles and there's something stinky, right, Steve? Yeah. There's a stinky thing. Uh, did we cut over to the other dudes yet? I don't think there's so. There's a lot of cutting back and forth. I don't think we I don't think we cut over to the other dudes in, until they meet Gollum, do we? Yeah, that's true. I think the but other they're like walking around and it's like there's raining and now it's time for sleepy time and they're sleeping and up. Out from the rocks crawls what, Steve? It's our old friend Gollum. Our, our, our new friend Gollum, I guess. Our new friend Gollum. <laughs> and he's he's a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. He doesn't look tortured he's, at all, does he? He's like, he's like a house elf from Harry Potter with a serious drinking problem. Fuck you! <laughs> with, a, with a serious drinking problem. Like he got the he somebody gave him the sock and freed him and he went right Number to the one, pub. Number one, let's call them let's call them what they are ha- the house slaves from Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, he was a, he's a freed house slave from Harry Potter who's who's gone mm-hmm. on a bender. He's been shooting smack. But they're the perfect he's... slave, Steve, because they don't actually want to be released because they get scared. <laughs> that... I saw what you did, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> that doesn't. You can't unwrite it. You wrote it down. <laughs> that doesn't bring up all kinds of troubling narratives from our own history, does it? No, it no, doesn't. Not at all. But it's okay because she's British. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we're talking about that movie, which came out at the same time as this movie. We're talking about this movie. Right. Gollum, Gollum's skinny, and he's got whip marks on his back, and he's barely wearing any clothes. Yeah. And he's crawling down the rocks, and he's like, ooh, I want my ring back. And he attacks Bo, but they set a trap, huh? Yeah, they're ready for and him. After, after some tussling, Frodo whips out his sword, and he's like, I'll kill you. I'll kill you dead. <laughs> and he's you let Sam go, and he's like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> and so then they tie a rope around his neck, and he don't like that. Do no, they? he's having a real bad time with that rope. He's yeah, he hates it. Yeah, and he's having temper tantrums, and he's like, "Well, okay, we'll let you go." And Sam's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- Sam is the sensible Fro- one. He's like, "Let's just tie his ass up and leave him here." Mister Frodo, isn't this the same golem that threatened to eat your uncle? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like him. Didn't, he, didn't your uncle say that he hates all Bagginses forever? And unless I checked last time, Mr. Frodo, your last name is Baggins. So <laughs> and he's, what are we doing? He's coming with us. <laughs> but Frodo can see that he's kind of he's kind of tortured. He's kind of pathetic. Yeah, it's the same feeling that that that, uh, that Bilbo had. That's a kind of pity. Yeah, that this poor creature. And Bilbo didn't know that the poor creature was tortured because of the ring. But Frodo is now wearing the ring, and he's already said, "The closer he gets to Mordor, the heavier it becomes." Right? Yeah. Because Frodo don't look too good, does he? <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, yeah, Frodo. <laughs> well, and, and I, that's that turns out to be that's why Frodo is so sympathetic toward Gollum because he's like, oh, yeah. he's he's been where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's like, swear on the ring that you'll be good. And Gollum's like, I promise, I swear to God, I'll be good. And he's like, okay, now you're going to lead us out of here and take it to Mordor. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. Okay, stupid hobbits, I'll, I'll take you there. <laughs> I'll lead you straight into the jaws of death. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other two hobbits, Merry and Pippin, aren't doing too good, are they, Steve? No, no. As 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 you will perhaps recall from the last film, they were they were captured uh, yeah. by the Urukai. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your pronunciation's getting much better, Steve. Yeah. Those classes really paid off. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, I I try to you know I want to bring some something to this show. You know. Yeah. And they're all like running along, and they've gotten Merry and Pippin. Yeah. Merry's got this big cut on his head and and like one of the one of them goes I smell something and the other guy's like I smell man flesh and they're like oh shit we gotta run and they smell Aragorn and his party right yeah they're chasing after him yeah and Aragorn's yeah. lying on his ground on the ground with his eyes closed pretending to be Tonto <laughs> and he gets up and he says I'm running faster quick let's run after him and so they start running after him right Steve right. 
and they run and they run and they run. Oh, and they find one of the brooches because Mary, I guess, dropped it. One of the brooches they got from the elves of La Florian. Right. And he's like, oh, "Okay, we're, they're probably like a day ahead of us. We need we need to get them, get there, and get them, and we're gonna save them." And Gimli's like, "I'm I'm fat and I'm slow, and I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm not." He doesn't say that, but no. he's like, "I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have a heart attack soon." And you guys are like young, and the elf never gets tired or is never out of breath. I hate him. <laughs> I'm just going to take a break just for a minute. Yes. And then they cross into what land? I believe this would be Rohan. Rohan. Yeah. Home of the horse lords. Yeah. Which basically just means what? People who have horses? Yeah. Uh, I was it's a ex- horse culture. I, I was expecting like centaurs or something. But the person who complains about high fantasy, <laughs> you wanted centaurs. You tell me horse lords and it's just regular people who have horses. We have had horse cultures in our past. There's still one that exists yeah, but, in Mon- Mongolia. But don't we but do we call them horse lords? Yes. We do? <laughs> yes, we always have. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Well, I can't help it if you only concentrated it on English and not history <laughs> in college. <sighs> if you think about it, the two courses complement each other. It makes your writing better. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> now you're in your counselor. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so uh, they keep running and running and running. And they're like, why are they running so fast? And he's like, I know why. It's because of Sourman. And then, well, bam, Sourman's there. And he's in his tower. And he's really fucked up his place to live. <laughs> Everything's all... There's no more trees. It's all industry yeah. and wheels. And and he even says um, that it's an industry, right? Yeah. That he's converting everything into industry. No subtle metaphor there. <laughs> Fuck nature. I want weapons. I have to give him credit. He personally supervises the operation. You have to respect that. That's true. You He's know? down there with those little those orcs. They're not. Ugh. I wouldn't want to spend more than ten minutes with those guys. <laughs> and and he also conveniently uh, speaks the title of the film for us, which so. is not in the book. Yeah. And so um, he's like, uh, I'm Saruman, and I'm making I'm making a whole army, and we're going to take over everything. Me and Sauron. Yay! And um, he goes up to a bunch of dudes. They're, they're Dunlins. And uh, the Dunlins were uh, uh, group, groups of people that were driven out of Rohan because they were a little violent. And so they've got a bone to pick with, with Rohan. I'm telling Steve this. Because they kind of just pop up, and you're like, who are these guys? And he's like, go kill him. <laughs> and they're like, yay, we will do it. Because Saruman has a power in his voice where he can make people do things. He, he, it's one of the things. That's why they keep saying, don't let him talk. I mean, if Christopher Steve Lee doesn't care. If Christopher Steve Lee told like, me to do something, I would do it. You know? Oh, uh, Of course I would. If he said, stab that guy, I'd be like, yes, sir, okay. right away, sir. <laughs> Any particular place you want him stabbed? Surprise me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they go running off into Rohan. And um, he still continues his monologue. He's like, oh, yeah, they're going to kill people in Rohan. And we meet a couple little kids. Mom's putting her kids onto a horse. And I'm like, you need to get the fuck out of here. And the little girl's like, I don't want to go. And she's like, go. And they ride off. And then they slaughter. I think they slaughter everybody in the village. We think. It turns <laughs> Just kill everyone. The ride off. And everything's burning. And it's bad. And Sour Man's like, that's right. We're going to do this to everybody. Everybody's going to die. Everybody everywhere. <laughs> Where, right? 
Yeah. And then he talks about, and then he talks about, you know, that they're going to destroy Edoras, and then we see Edoras, right, Steve? Sure, we do. Not a special effect. They built that. They built that hall in the town around it. Really? Yes. Huh. It's an actual full set. We don't get that anymore, do we, Steve? <laughs> Nowadays, they use these damn computers for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why get a helicopter? Why build anything? Why have artists? Why? <laughs> why Steve? have artists? <laughs> <laughs> and we're coming into the hall, and as we're going to, going into the hall, we see somebody out front, right? And no, yeah, we see Eowyn. She's got blonde. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. Pretty, uh, but she's got some bad news <laughs> because it turns out that um, Amer has brought um, her cousin, uh, who is the son of the king, yeah. and uh, he's kind of he's he's really badly wounded. Yeah, he like he's gonna die soon. <laughs> Sorry. And they try to they try to tell Theoden, but is completely trustworthy um, <laughs> advisor named Grima Wormtongue. Yeah, that, you know, that clear good guy. Uh-huh, is like, who did, what are you talking about? And he's like, Saruman's army did this. They'd killed, they killed, they, they've hurt him. And he's like, no, Saruman's our friend. Yeah, don't you talk bad about Saruman. Yeah, and Theoden's like out of it. He's like all hunched over and wizened and... <laughs> He, he'll do anything that Thayad tells him to do. And Aaron's like, orcs are all over the place. We gotta do something. And he's like, well, stop your warmongering. Yeah, get out. <laughs> Aaron takes that a little bit personally, and he grabs him by the throat, and he says, how long has it been since Saruman bought you? And what do you want? And then he's like, I would not have done this had someone's <laughs> hand been on my throat. He's like, what have you been promised? And then he looks at he looks at Aowen, and he's like, I want, I want being that. <laughs> oh... And he's like, stop looking at my sister. <laughs> but since Grandma has all the power, because Theoden's like all old and dusty, he's like, you're banished. Get out. Look, see? The king signed a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit. Get out. That's right. <laughs> we cut back to the running three. <laughs> And they're still running and running and running. And then we cut back to the orcs. And it's nighttime. And they're taking... One of them actually says, we, we're not going any further until we've had a breather. And they start chopping up on the, on the nearby forest, right? Yeah. Fangorn. Yeah. And they're, and they're hungry. And, and they're hungry. Yeah. And the trees don't like that very much. The trees start making weird noises. Yeah. And Mary's like, hey, I know I didn't mention this in an earlier movie, but have you ever heard of, like, trees being alive and moving around and stuff? And Pippin's like, bleh. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Not really. They could like whisper and talk to each other and even move. And I'm like, oh, it's interesting that you're bringing this up now. Meanwhile, the orcs are hungry. And they want meat. I love, I fucking love the orcs. Not only because their makeup's well done, but because everyone else talks a certain way except the orcs. The orcs are grounded. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they like, and they and I like how they talk. And one of them's like, why can't we eat them? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear an argument. Why can't we eat them? Yeah. But the Urukai are like, no, 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 no. Um, we were told to bring these back completely unharmed. Fuck off. And they're like, they don't need their legs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just eat them a little. They'll be alive. We'll eat a little bit of them. And one of them gets really close and he says, I'm just going to cut off a shank. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> And <laughs> and then the, the chief orc chops off his head and rings the dinner bell because they're cannibals. <laughs> because they're cannibals. He, he says he has what I think is easily my favorite line in the whole movie when he says, Meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> and then they rip that corpse apart. Yeah. Reminding us that, yes, Peter Jackson is directing this movie. <laughs> he likes his gore. 
Yes, it does. <laughs> and they take, so Mary and Pippin take this opportunity to try to crawl away. But one of the orcs, whose name in the book is Grishnak, jumps on one of them and he's like, well, you're not getting away. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> and just before he's about to stab him, what happens, Steve? Uh, a bunch of people show up. Yeah. yeah. Um, riders of Rogue. Yeah, sure, them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, Amir's group. Yeah, well, yeah. After banishment, they're riding off and they start killing people. They're all people. Start killing orcs and um, there's a, a, a whole bunch of chaos. And then we're pretty sure that Mary's dead because a horse stomps on his face. Yeah, or so or it seems. Or at least that's, or so yeah. it seems. Then we cut back to the three runners and they're still running, 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 running. And Legolas goes, a red sun rises. Blood has been spilled this night. And I'm like, um, is that true for everything? Really? <laughs> like every single time there's a red sun? I mean, I, I would have to think in this world, blood is spilled every night. So every morning must be a red. <laughs> I mean, Come on, you got a world filled with orcs. They're probably They're killing, killing somebody people all every the time. Night. Yeah. Just to feel normal, they have to kill some <laughs> innocent person. I just can't sleep right if I haven't killed somebody that day. Mm -hmm. yeah. But up, they run into the Riders of Rohan. Well, they don't run into him. Aragorn calls them. He's like, hey, Riders of Rohan, what's going on? <laughs> and then they come riding around him, and they lower their, their stuff, and Aramir's like, um, what's, why are you here? Why, what's going on? And he basically gives them the lowdown. The king is, is crazy and, and under the influence of bad guys. Uh, Saruman's all over, Saruman's orcs are all over the place, and it's bad. And I've, I, I don't think I tell you I've been banished, but I've totally been banished. And um, they say, hey, did you see little two little hobbits? They look like little kids. And he's like, oh, we probably killed them. <laughs> we killed everybody back there. <laughs> we killed everybody, piled them up, and set fire to us. It's fine. And they get bummed. Sorry. Right, yeah, because they figure that their friends are, are dead. And they they, dead. they go to the spot where there's the big corpse yep. pile. And they yep. find one of the hobbits' belts. One of their wee belts. Yeah, and they're like, well, that's it. They're fucking toast. And Until oh, Aragorn. Be Aragorn CSI's <laughs> yeah. the fuck out of this. <laughs> he's Sherlock. Holmes apparently he reconstructs the crime. Well, yeah. he's well. Okay, so remember he's a he's a ranger. Yeah, and so rangers learn how to do that shit. <laughs> and he CSI's that. Oh no, they got away, and then they ran into Fangorn Forest, and Gimli drops a brick in his pants because <laughs> nobody goes into Fanghorn Forest. <laughs> But I guess they gotta go into Fanghorn Forest, don't they? Steve? Yeah, that's that's where the hobbits are. And I think that then we cut mm -hmm. to them, right? We cut to them running through the forest, and one of the orcs is still yes. chasing them. And, and they're still chasing yeah. them, and they're like, "Quick, climb up a tree!" And so they start climbing up a tree, and then Grishnak, the one that got stabbed in the back, is still chasing him, and uh, he grabs uh, he grabs Mary's foot. It was Pippin that almost got crushed by the, the horse. Yeah. Grabs uh, Mary's foot, yanks him down. Uh, Pippin's up in the tree, and then the tree opens its eyes and looks at <laughs> the him. Tree he wakes up. <laughs> what the hell? And then Grishnak has a great line in this movie right before he dies, which is, let's put a maggot hole in your belly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the big tree man steps on him. And then the big tree man thinks that the two little hobbits are little orcs and he's going to crush them. <laughs> But they're like, we're not orcs, we're, we're hobbits, we're hobbits, we're good. And he's like, okay, so my name's Treebeard. I'm going to say this fast because he talks really slow because <laughs> in the books, ants are like trees. They live very long lives, and so they talk really slowly, and they think really slowly, and he's really slow. Anyway, <laughs> he's like, hi, my name's Treebeard. I'm a, tr a tree herder, shepherd of the forest. I'm a big tree man. <laughs> And I protect the trees. No one's on our side. Because they ask him, whose side are you on? And he's like, I'm not on anybody's side because nobody's on my side. Everybody cuts us down. Right. I hate all of you. <laughs> You're all jerks. I'm looking out for number one. Nobody cares for the woods anymore. Fuck off. 
And he's like, look, I don't like orcs most of all. And he's like, well, you might be hobbits. You might be all orcs. The White Wizard will know. And they go, the White Wizard? And who do we think it is? Well, we think it's Saruman because he's the White yeah, Wizard. Cause, yeah, because yeah, he is the White Wizard. And he drops him on the ground. And they look up at like a White Wizard that we see from the behind. And we're like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Yeah. And then we come back to Gollum, Frodo, and Sam. And they say, look, I've led you out. And they're like right at the edge of the, the mountains. Yeah. Right? And then they step into a bog <laughs> or a swamp. And this swamp is special, right? Steve? Yeah, because it's filled with dead people <laughs> it's a swamp full of dead people and orcs and orcs and elves. and, and the, the hobbits are like why are we going through a swamp full of dead people and Gollum's like oh no 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 this is the best way yeah orcs even avoid this yeah okay let's let's recap <laughs> the cannibal filthy orcs won't even walk they're through not here. even going in there <laughs> yeah but we're doing it just whatever you do don't follow the little lights because right. a little fire pops up wherever these things are and so what does what does Frodo do? He walks directly into the water. <laughs> he just he yeah, he he falls directly into the water. And a bunch of sea witches try to grab him, but then Gollum pulls him out and he's like, I told you not to follow the Jesus. That's, don't follow the It's the last thing I said to you. Yeah. And um that's it. Then that night, um Sam is asleep, but Frodo is awake and he's doing something funny with the ring, Steve. He's kind of stroking it. Yeah. Like he likes like it's a little pet. Like it's like it's a little pet. Like it's precious to him. But he wakes up and what what is Gollum doing? I I can't remember what is Gollum doing. He's doing the same thing but for pretending. It's like pretending that he has the ring. His invisible ring. And he's and he's talking to it and stroking the center of his palm and calling it, oh, our precious. And Frodo's like, what's up with you? Dude, I vouched for you here. Uh-huh. And he's like, Frodo's like, Gandalf told me a little bit about you. You're like one of the river folk. You used to be like a hobbit. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I don't even know your name. Your name's Smeagol. And that kind of impacts him a little hard, yeah. doesn't it? That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> and they are talking, and he's remembering his name, and then all of a sudden we hear a high-pitching screech. And if you remember from the last movie, the only one thing made that kind of screech on Steve. Yeah, those ring-wraithy guys. That's right, and Gollum's like, we gotta hide. And like Black Riders, and Frodo has a freak out because whenever he's near one, it hurts him bad. Yeah. And they drag him underneath a bush, and it turns out that the Nazgul, they didn't die because they can't die. They got washed away, and now they've got a fucking upgrade because <laughs> that's what they needed, right, Steve? Now they have a dragon. It's not a dragon; well, it's a worm. Okay, whatever it is. W Y R M. It's giant. It's it's like a dragon except worse. And <laughs> they're now flying around. A dragon, but worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they're now, like, flying around, and uh, Frodo's holding on to the ring, and they're calling to the ring, and uh, and Sam reaches down and grabs Frodo's hand so that he's not touching the ring, and then they fly off. And Gollum's like, you can't, because th they're like, we thought they were dead. And he said, you can't kill them. You kidding? No. They're going to get us. You guys got to be quiet. We're really close to the Black Gate, because that's where they're trying to get to. They're yeah. trying to get to the Black Gate, which is, like, the main entrance into Mordor. But then we cut to Fangorn Forest. And now Gimli's in there and he's like licking up some orc blood. And he's like, orc blood. And I'm like, I don't know where they are. Where'd they go? And they're like, I don't know. And then Legolas is like, the trees are speaking to each other. And Gimli starts laughing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> 
But then they start. Then Gimli realizes that he's holding a big axe, and he drops that. <laughs> and then Legolas is like, "Something's out there." And Aragorn is like, "What'd you see?" And he's like, "I, I think a white wizard's coming. We gotta kill him real quick." <laughs> and they all start getting their weapons together. He said, "Okay, don't let him talk because he'll put a spell on us." And we're like, "Okay, we're gonna kill, we're gonna kill the shit out of him. We're gonna do it." And they spin around, and Legolas shoots an arrow, and the white wizard, who we can't really see yet because it's super bright, makes the arrow blow up, and, and uh, Gimli throws a couple of throwing axes, they blow up, and then he makes Aragorn's sword all hot. Yeah, right? yeah. And then the and then the, the wizard's all like, you're following hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, they were here, but then they met someone they didn't expect. And like, who are you? <laughs> and who is it, Steve? In a shocking twist. That you mm. couldn't possibly have seen coming. It's unless you read the book, or you, or you were paying attention to this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's Gandalf. Yay, Gandalf's back. He looks different. He, yeah, well, yeah. He 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 took a bath. He got a change of wardrobe. He was Gandalf the Gray. Now he's Gandalf he the White. His, he bleached out bleached his, his hair. hair and straightened it. Yeah, he talks about how yeah I was fighting the Balrog. I killed the Balrog, and then I kind of died. But then I came back, and I was all white. And I guess I'm here till I have to finish my task. So I'm Gandalf yeah, the White so. now. I'm I'm super cool. Yeah, say it. Also, I Sam. Also, cool. I lost all of my personality. <laughs> Stop it. It comes back gradually over time. <laughs> very gradually. He doesn't over even a very remember long his time. name because remember right. he said every what was it? Every hour was like a lifetime in someone's. Yeah, yeah. From his perspective, he's been gone like yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. Right. And he's like, come on, I got to take you guys. Don't worry about the hobbits, they're fine. Uh, I got to take you guys to, we got to go to Rohan because bad shit. And I'm like, okay. And then he goes out to a field and he whistles for a horse. He's like. Because that's that's, that's, that's Middle Earth Uber. You just go out and you whistle for a horse. Meet my awesome horse, guys. This is Shadow Facts. Shadow Facts, the guys. Come on, let's go. And they're like, where are we going? We're going to Rohan. Why? Because the king's all fucked up, and it's all fucked up <laughs> we, we have to... We gotta go there, we, we, because it's fucked we up. We have to unfuck the king. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> we have a little quick cut to Treebeard as he's walking through the forest, blah, blah. He just talks, and they're riding on top of him now, yeah. right? And then we cut to the Black Gate of Mordor. And it's big, and it's black. And they're like, okay, uh, now what? Uh, we got to go in there. <laughs> yeah, now what we do. But thankfully, the door's opening, right? Yeah, yeah, because a bunch of Muslims are going oh. in. I mean, Easterlings. Easterlings. <laughs> Those are babies that are born on Easter. They're Easterlings. <laughs> They're called Easterlings because they come from the oh, East. Oh, I thought maybe it was an Easter thing. No. No, it's not okay. an Easter thing. They're not dressed like fucking dyed like eggs and riding rabbits. <laughs> oh, I wish that's what it was. I know oh, you I do. wish that's what anyway. it was. <laughs> yeah, and so they open the uh, gate to let the Easterlings in, and now the hobbits and, yeah. and Gollum have to decide mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to try to rush this gate to get inside before they close it. Well, remember, also, Frodo falls, uh, Sam falls down in yeah. a landslide, yeah. and they cover themselves with their elven cloaks, and their elven cloaks can camouflage them. Right. And so the Easterlings don't see them. And then he's like, I'm going, and you don't have to come with me, Sam. And Sam's like, what did you say to me? And he's <laughs> like, no, you don't have to go. And they're getting ready to go, and then Gollum's like, no, well, no one goes, though. I got a better way, I promise. And I'm like, ooh. Okay, could have mentioned okay, this before. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice. <laughs> then we wind up with Rohan, Gandalf, and, and and everybody, is. they're going to they're going to Edoras, yeah. right? And we cut inside the hall, and Eowyn is kneeling Borthaedon, and she's like, your son's dead. Hello? <laughs> huh? Anybody, anybody, anybody in there? What? A- any, any, anybody? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then we cut back to Gandalf, and they're coming into Edoras, and they go up there, and the guard's like, you guys can't bring in your weapons. And Gandalf's like, what about my staff? And he's like, I'm an old, he's, I'm an old man. <laughs> it's my walking stick. I have to use it to get around. <laughs> Please, young fella. <laughs> And, and uh, wait, we cut, we jumped ahead Did a we? little bit, but yeah, because we cut to the scene between Grima and Eowyn, in which Grima's like, ooh, I want you so bad. <laughs> and she's like, ew, leave me alone. I don't think so. Yeah, she says, your words are poison. And they are, because that's what Grima is. And so then they come into the town, and they're like, this place isn't very cheerful. <laughs> come to the gate, they say, you can't bring, they say, I'm an old man, and they come into the hall, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and the first thing that Grima says is, I told you to take his staff. <laughs> so the guard is not great at his job. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> because now Gandalf is like, I'm going to free you of this, Theoden King. And Grima's like... Grimer's like, get out. No one likes you. Look at you showed up so late. Look who's skulking around. You're stupid. I hate <laughs> You're a jerk. Theoden's like, that's right. You tell him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and Gandalf's like, shut your fuck. Oh, you shut your mouth. And he raises up his staff and Grimma runs away. And then Gimli sits on him. <laughs> and then the guards come to try to take Gandalf and Aragorn and Legolas keep him off while Ga- Gandalf pers- performs a, a Middle Earth uh, exorcism. Yep. He goes up to him and he's like, get get out. You let go of him, Saruman. I know it's you. And Theoden starts talking to Saruman's voice. And he's like, you get me rid of me and you're going to kill him. And he's like, I don't believe you. And he, he starts pointing his staff at him. And, and then Theoden's all like, bah! <laughs> and then, and then he, he pops him out. And we cut immediately to Orthanc Tower where where we see Saruman gets blown backwards and his control over Theoden has been released. Yay! Yay. And then he turns young. Yay! And then he's, maybe you'll remember your old strength if you hold your sword. And he's like, yay! <laughs> and then he looks down at Grima and he's like, time for murder! <laughs> throws Grima out, and Aragorn's like, don't kill him. There hasn't been enough bloodshed. And I'm kind of like, no, you should probably Yeah, you should totally kill him. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, Grima spits on Aragorn and runs away. Yeah. And then uh, Theoden's like, oh, everything's better. And (laughs) he turns around and he goes, hey, where's my son? (laughs) And then we get to be bummed out again. (laughs) Cut to the tomb of his son. He's holding some Cymbalina, which is uh, the flowers that grow on their tombs. And and Theoden's not having a a good day. Well, he's depressed because nobody came to the funeral. You know, it's just him standing there. That's not. There's a cut. He's like, I thought nobody came to my kid's funeral. You'll be happy to know that in the extended... the extended version we get the entire funeral oh boy in real t- in real time <laughs> in real time it's five hours yeah anyway um <laughs> Theoden tries to comfort him and while he's standing there he sees a couple little kids on a horse and one of the kids falls off the horse and those are the kids from that village yeah. they take him in they give him something to eat and Eowyn's like they, they attacked everything they destroyed every week it's bad and everyone's like this is good. they're gonna come here and they're gonna kill everybody so what are you gonna do about <laughs> it and Theoden's like okay we know what we're gonna do we're gonna run away to Helm's Deep. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Because uh, I'm the king and you're not the king. Well, and he says basically, like, that's what we always do. We always go hide out there and it's always fine. Mm-hmm. You know? And Gandalf's like, no, you should ride out and meet them. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. We're going to go hide. We're going to go hide in Helm's Deep because it's safe. And he's like, oh, they're trapping themselves there. And Gandalf's like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go see if I can't find, uh, I can't find, you know, what's his face? Ao, whatever. <laughs> Dr. McCoy. 
Yeah, Dr. Yeah. McCoy. And then, um, so look for me on the morning of the fifth day, look to the east. And Aragorn should have gone, what? And he didn't. And <laughs> what? <laughs> and Gandalf takes off. And so now everyone's packing, getting ready to go, and we see Eowyn um, practicing a little bit with a sword. Yeah, right? yeah. And she's all like, the women of this country learn those without swords can still die on them. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm afraid of anything. And then he says, well, what do you fear? And she says, I don't fear death or pain. And he says, what do you fear? And she says, what, Steve? I can't remember. A cage. Oh, that's it, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's like, you don't really, you won't be in a cage. I totally don't get what you're talking about. Also, stop looking at me like you're in love yeah, with me. Yeah, hey. I know I'm great, but I got a lady kind of. I got an elf lady. I got an elf lady that I abandoned and told her to go back to the Undying Lands because I, we can't. We can't. We can't. She's an elf. I'm a guy. It wouldn't work. It won't work. I'll die and then she'll be all alone. <laughs> So then we cut back to Isengard, and Grandma's there, and he's like, "Look, I I don't know who they just kind of showed up, <laughs> so they're gonna flee to Helm's Deep." And he's like, "I don't know what happened. One day everything was awesome. I was like trying to molest the daughter, and I was whispering in the ear. Everything was going great, and then all of a sudden three guys showed up. All my shit is wrecked." And he's like, oh, I know what they're going to do. They're going to go to Helm's Deep. We'll be able to kill him there, right? And Saruman's like, yeah, we'll be able to kill him. And he goes, and he's, oh, and then he also tells him they're going to be traveling there and they're going to have lots of uh, lots of women and children. And Saruman goes, oh, I got an idea. And he goes down there and he tells him, send out your warg riders, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's an orc that's like, yeah. And then we come back to the hobbits. And, and, and Sam's like, why are you being so nice to Gollum? And he's like, because I need to know that he can be saved. And he's like, duh. Why? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with your current predicament, does it? I'm going to say things that aren't productive, like you can't save him, yeah. which literally means you, I can't. No one can save you, Frodo. You're, <laughs> You're doomed. doomed. You're buddy. fucking doomed. Give up all hope. Every- Every time you look at Gollum, you're looking in the future. <laughs> and they have a little bit of a fight. And then he says, I'm sorry. And he's, and, but then they get in a fight again. He says, the ring's mine. It's my task. It's my own. And he's like, you, you sound exactly like creepy smelly dude. And then it's that night and Gollum has an argument with himself. Yeah, he has a nice little scene with himself. That's right. In which he argues back and forth in which we now figure out what the deal is with Gollum and that he's kind of got a split personality. There's the kind of meek Smeagol and the kind of, well, awful, <laughs> <laughs> untrustworthy. The, yeah, the, the less pleasant. Murderous Gollum. <laughs> yeah, and, and they have and, an argument and Smeagol ends up basically telling Gollum to get lost. He's like, yeah, take a hike. Off. I don't need you anymore. Because Gollum's like, without me, you'd be dead. And he's like, I don't need you. I got master now. And then he's like, I'm free. Yippee. And to show how free he is, he... he- he kills some rabbits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> look, look, I got rabbits for you. Like, look, watch me gut one with my teeth. <laughs> Let's eat them raw. And Sam's like, no. Ew. We're going to cook them. Jesus. And that really upsets me. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He wants to eat the rabbit raw. He nearly throws yeah. up when Sam describes what a potato is to him. But their little thing gets interrupted. What does it get interrupted by, Dave? Um, there's some kind of an... Of a, like, it's soldiers from Gondor is who it turns out to be, right? It's not soldiers from right. Gondor. It's soldiers It's soldiers from the south. Okay. And they're... they're uh, the, the, Sauron is drawing all of his armies, people who have pledged themselves to him, to fight in the big war. And they're all marching through there. And then it turns out that they've got a, a, a slightly larger thing, right? They've got a thing in their army... Gigantic elephants. Oh, yeah. Oh, an Oliphant. An Oliphant. Not Timothy Oliphant. 
That would be hilarious would be. if they were all riding around <laughs> on giant, giant Timothy, Timothy Oliphants. Oh. oh, you're just improving this movie left and right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Pandemonium breaks out because uh, there are some guys from Gondor shooting arrows at him and stuff like that. And they're like, uh-oh, let's take off. But then they get captured by a guy. Right? Yeah. And they're like, let's take him. And so they take him. And then we come back to Gimli, who's riding on his horse. And he's like, dwarf women look just like dwarf men. They got beards and stuff. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's the way we are. That's You're right. Not so fucking Every time great. I picture Galadriel, I picture her with a big yellow beard. <laughs> and it is fucking hot. <laughs> Don't tell me it's not. Mm-hmm. And then she's having, she's laughing and having fun. And then we get a little backstory about, you know, no, we don't. That's in the extended edition. Never mind. <laughs> Aragorn is looking at him, and 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 she looks at him with eyes of love. And then that night, Aragorn he's, he can't sleep; he's smoking his pipe. He's getting really stoned. <laughs> and then he starts thinking about Arwen and about that time where he broke up with her, yeah. <laughs> right before leaving to take the ring to Mordor. And he's like, "Listen, I love you, but this thing we have isn't real. You're an elf. You're gonna live forever. I'm gonna die someday. No. And here's your necklace back." And she's like, "I don't want the necklace back." <laughs> I gave it to you! <sighs> and then we cut back, and Eowyn is walking alongside Aragorn. And Eowyn's like, where is this woman who gave this jewel to you? And he's he's like, I'm going to have another flashback, just a second. <laughs> Personal question. Uh-huh. And Elrond is like, you got to give up You gotta give up Arwen, because, you know what, she's going to stay for you, and it's going to be her death, and I'm her dad, and I don't want to see my daughter die. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when they break up. That's when they do the whole, the whole, you know, trying to give the necklace yeah. back. And then Eowyn's like, hey, you went somewhere. Where'd you go? What, what <laughs> happened? Here. I asked you a question and you drifted off for like 45 like minutes. That's super rude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she's, she's in health and she's, she's going on because of the dying lands. Thanks. <laughs> Meanwhile, up front, Gamli and Hama, who are two guys, two Rohan, uh, run afoul of a warg. <laughs> and wargs are like, so orcs can't just ride on horses. That'd be boring and dumb. They have to ride on big, uh, Awful horror, horror monsters, and that's what a warg is. It's like a, a great big wolf, yeah, um, hyena thing, yeah. And they're like, "Uh oh, wargs, we gotta quick, okay, uh, Eowyn, get the people to the Helm's Deep, and we're gonna go fight them." And then they go fight them, right? Yeah, soon. and they have a big fight. There's a lot of chopping and <laughs> hacking and stabbing. And, and more chopping, and um, people, they played uh, Warg Dogpile on top of Gimli, <laughs> yeah. and and then um, and then Aragorn falls off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's <laughs> totally dead. Oh, and, and Legolas gets on a horse real cool. Oh, yay, the, and, the most difficult way possible. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the most difficult way possible. And I actually love that shot of him standing by himself shooting the arrows, and then the riders come up behind him. Um, but then, oh, so what happens is Aragorn gets on one of the wargs, stabs the guy who's riding the warg, the guy knocks him off, and then his hand's caught, and the warg is not good at stopping, <laughs> and he falls off a cliff yeah. with Aragorn yeah. on him. And they're looking around going, hey, where's Aragorn? Where are you, Aragorn? Where are you, Aragorn? And the Writer's like, ha ha, he's dead. <laughs> nah, nah. Oh, and here's proof. I, I grabbed his neck. Yeah. And they're like, brr, So Theoden and the group get back to Helm's Deep where everyone's there. And Eowyn comes up and she says, where's Aragorn? And he's like, he's fucking dead. And she's like, my heart's broken. And she falls down and starts crying. Or something like that. Well, because, she's just like, I'm bummed. Because she's the only one who actually believes that he's dead. Yeah. 
Oh, and the two little kids find their mom and mom. Her yeah. mom's alive somehow. Oh, I'm glad that worked Yay. out. Yay. That's yeah, great. boy. Meanwhile, Gimli is bummed and has to tell her that, she, that Ar- Aragorn's dead. And we cut back to Grima, I think. Yeah, isn't this where... Did, did, yeah, doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, he, he tells him about the one weakness that Helm's Deep has. Yeah, this small thermal exhaust port. Right below the main <laughs> port. And who cares that this was written at least 30 years before Star Wars? But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, Grime is like, hey, what you making? What you making with all that black powder? Can I look at it, please? With this, I want to look at it. I want to poke it with this candle. Can I poke it with a candle? And Charmant's like, why do I? Uh, why are you still alive? Why are you here? Get away. And he's like, okay, so you can break the wall, but I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to need a great big army. You're going to need thousands of guys. And he's like, I got to check this out. And he opens up a door and there's like 10,000 people outside. When did you do this? <laughs> How did I not know? And Charmant's like, okay, you guys, time to do what you were made for. Go to Helm's Deep, kill everybody. Eat them, I don't <laughs> care, you just go. Do what you do. <sighs> and then Saruman's like, oh, there will be no dawn for men. And Brad Brad Dorf cries a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so beautiful. No, because he's a man of Rohan, Steve, and he's just realized who he's sighted nah, with. whatever. <sighs> anyway, we come back to Merry and Pippin, and they're walking through the forest still. <laughs> and they're like, oh, look, smoke. And they climb up to the top of Tree Bird, who's still walking. Tree Bird's like, oh, there's always smoke over there. He doesn't. He used, you know what? Saruman used to be cool, and then he's not cool. Now he just, now he's, his mind is full of metal and wheels. And they're like, oh, okay. And they look out there, and they can see the army leaving. And they're like, fuck balls. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's not good at all. Now we cut back to Aragorn, who's floating in a river. <gasps> he's alive? How yeah. shocking. And then. And then he freaks out, and Arwen kisses him. Yeah, right? yeah. And then a, Norse, a horse shows up and nudges him, and breathes and gives him CPR, <laughs> gives him the kiss of life. And, and Aragorn climbs on top of the horse, and he's not in good shape. But they're going to start riding. Yeah. Right? And then we cut to Arwen, and she's lying in bed, and um, Elrond and her have like a little talk, and um, she's like, "They're going to die, and you don't care, and I hate you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then she's, he's like, you got to get over this dude because here's right. what's going to happen. He's going to die and you're just going to be bummed for the, for the rest of your eternity. Is that what you want? And that freaks her out a little bit. And he kind of convinces her to leave, doesn't he? Yeah, she's like, okay, fine, I'll go. Yeah. And he's watching his daughter go, and then Galadriel picks up the, the psychic phone, and she's like, are we going to do anything to help these people? Are, are we really happy with just abandoning them to this? We kind of fucked up their shit, and now we're just going to leave? And we're like, yeah, she's kind of got a point. I guess. And so then we cut to Faramir. Now, Faramir is the guy who, who kidnapped uh, Sam and Frodo. Yeah. And they got this little cow, cow, uh, cave thing, and they're like, I'm Faramir. And um, I'm just going to do the shorthand because this is running long. My name's Faramir, <laughs> and my brother was Boromir, and he's dead. I want to know why he's dead. <laughs> and oh, yeah, one of your freaky friends is swimming around in our pool. And we usually kill people for that. <laughs> Should we kill him? And they're like, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so Don't then they grab him, him and they're really mean to Gollum, right? Yeah. Because it was looking like Smeagol was t- had turned around. He was, he was, maybe there was. Maybe he could be saved, right? Right. But now he kind of blames Frodo for this. Yeah. And he reverts back to being both Gollum and Smeagol. 
And and Faramir is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, ah, it's the magic ring, okay? Let me just talk straight. This is me, Smeagol. They have the mad. They have the ring of power. <laughs> Faramir comes in and he's like, give me that ring. <laughs> and Frodo's like, no, you can't have it. And Sam's My like, ring. leave him alone. Are you going to help us or not? Are you going to be a dick? And Faramir's like, I'm taking this ring back to my daddy because I've got daddy issues. <laughs> Cut back to Aragorn, and now he's riding to Helm's Deep, and he sees the giant army, and he's like, oh, fuck, really? Oh, now and, this. Oh, am I ever going to get a chance to sleep? <laughs> Rides into Helm's Deep, and everyone's happy he's alive. Yay! <laughs> right? Right? Everyone's happy? Everyone's so happy he's alive. Right. Oh. And then he tells Theoden, hey, a whole bunch of people coming here to kill you. I told you this is a bad idea. And Theoden's like, no one can break it here. And he's like, look, you're going to have to arm everybody. There's like only 300 people. And he's like, fine, we'll arm old people and ridiculously young people. <laughs> It'll be fine! Mm-hmm. And they there's a whole bunch of war preparations and um, then they know that they gotta prepare for war and then we come back to Treebeard who's still walking through the forest and they're gonna have an Ent Moot which yeah. is a, a gathering of all the other Ents and a bunch of other freaky Ents come out <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I guess that they're different they're different breeds of trees mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And um, they're going to decide whether or not they're going to participate in the war, right? Yeah. And then we come back, as everyone's going back to the caves, and, and old men and really young men are being given weapons, and Aragorn's like, no, these guys are soldiers. And Gimli's like, some of them are like babies, like legit babies. Are, they're putting <laughs> babies in armor. They're, they're I think they're going to load the babies baby. into the catapults. <laughs> Launch the babies! And Legolas is like, we're fucked, okay? I'm going to say all this in Elvish so they can't hear. We're all fucked. And Aragorn says, in English so everyone else can hear, I know you think they're fucked, but fuck you for thinking that. (laughs) I guess I'm fucked too, because I ain't leaving. (laughs) Fuck you, you pointed-eared freak. (laughs) (laughs) Thought you were my friend. (sighs) <sighs> Meanwhile, Theoden has a little uh, crisis of identity while he's putting on his on his well, on his armor. He's like, "Who am I, Gambling?" And he <laughs> Gambling should have gone, "Oh no, <laughs> oh, this again? <laughs> no, please not now, sir. Uh, please, dude. <laughs> You're the king, remember? You're gonna get us all killed, remember?" Mm-hmm. And he has a nice little monologue about, you know, how did it come to this? Why, why, why are we have? How? Why? Why don't like war? Why is this happening? What's with war, man? Mm -hmm. Why do we even do it? Outside, Aragorn sees the little kid and he says, "Give me your sword." He's like, "This is a good sword. You'll die well with it. You'll die pretty well." (laughs) I mean, when the orc I chop you in half and start eating you while you're alive, at least you had a good sword. It's good. I really hope none of them want to rape you, but I don't know. I don't know that much about the Urukai. Maybe I don't they know do that. I don't know. I'm fairly certain they'll probably pluck your eyeballs out first. Why are you crying? Come back here. Your sword <laughs> hey, I is said good. It was a good. I said it was a good sword. <laughs> your God sword is it. good. It's that attitude that's going to lose us this battle. What he tells him is there's always hope, right? Yeah, yeah. And Legolas and him say they're sorry. And Glimm's putting on some armor, and then they hear a horn. And Legolas says, that's not a orc horn. And they go out, and some elves have shown up! Yay! Yay. More characters! More characters! You don't have to... You don't have to... You don't have to... They're not around for much, very long. <laughs> no, they, they, they show up, they do some shit. Yeah. Then they die. They all die. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad they were here. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, hey, we're here to help out. And they're like, yippity, yippity. <laughs> and then the, uh, the Urukai show up. And they mean business, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. They show up, they start banging on stuff, and then they attack. And they attack, and they attack, and they attack. <laughs> they have ladders, and, and Gimli and Legolas have a little competition about how many how many talking, sentient creatures they can kill. <laughs> And then the bomb plot goes off without a hitch. They oh, try yeah. real hard to stop it, but they don't. One Urukai is like, yeah, I'll sign up for the suicide mission. I don't care. <laughs> Give me the big sparkly Olympic torch and I'll go running at it. That yes, bombs. It's, totally, it's totally an Olympic torch. Yes. And, and he uh, lights that son of a bitch, too. Yeah. So they blow up the wall and then they get in there and then Legolas does some surfing on a, on a shield. And yeah. There's still more arrows fighting and then they have to fall back to the keep. And then uh, Aragorn tosses a dwarf, and <laughs> and they have to shore up the they have to shore up the gate, and then they have to abandon themselves to the hall, right? Yeah, because that's the that's like the inner sanctum. That's like, yeah, that's we'll, the last. We'll definitely, they, basically, yeah. they've lost. They're gonna yeah, bust the it's doors. the final fallback point. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, Treebeard's tree like um, taking a really long time to make up his mind. Yeah. He's like, okay, I told him that you guys aren't orcs. They agree that you're not orcs. And and Mary's like, Mary is like, what the hell are you? We can't. Our friends. Why are you taking so long? And he's like, look, leave me alone. We're going to figure <laughs> it out, okay? Jeez. Yeah. And so they're fighting, and they're fighting, and then Treebeard comes back, and he's like, hey, guess what? Uh, we're not going to fight. Sorry. It's not our, not, no one cares about us, so why do we care about you? I'm going to take you home now. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> cut back to cut back to Helm's Deep. More fighting, 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 fighting. <laughs> Just lots of fighting. People getting killed and more fighting. It's all the stuff that I covered, the surfboarding, all, the shield, all that stuff. It's lots of... Just lots of it. Cut back to Treebeard. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take you. And then Pippin gets a really awful idea, right? Yeah, he says, don't take us north. Take us take us south. Right. And he's like, but that'll lead you right next to Isengard. And Pippin's like, yeah, but if we go south, then you'll see Isengard and you'll get all upset. And then you'll <laughs> I, switch sides. I mean... I mean, just do it, you big <laughs> stupid tree man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Then we cut back to Faramir, and they're they're taking the hobbits back to uh, Osgiliath because they're taking the ring back. And yeah. Osgiliath is like the the border city between Gondor and Mordor, and it's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's been there. We, it's getting attacked and all this other stuff. And um, then we come back to Treebeard, and he's telling a nice little story about a family of uh, field mice. And he steps out, and what happens, Steve? Well, he 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 steps out into a section of the forest that has been completely cut down by Saruman for his weapons and industry and he's like oh this sucks i knew all these trees (laughs) what an asshole yeah he killed all my friends wait what the hell and then he calls and all the other ants show up and he's like time to kick some (laughs) we changed our minds time to go to war and they start marching towards us as gilead (sighs) <sighs> Meanwhile, back, uh, no, towards, uh... Isengard. Isengard. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Osgiliath, we're back and things are still just as bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the city's gonna fall, everybody's, you know, sad, their boulders crashing all over the place, because I guess someone has a catapult somewhere. <laughs> and then, um, Frodo gets a creepy faraway look in his face, and he says, Hey, guess what? <laughs> The Nazgul are here. We're fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> 
and they are, and he's flying around, and it's bad, right? Yeah. And Faramir's like, just hide here, and just stay here, and take cover, right? Yeah. And we cut back to, oh, God, we cut back to Helm's Deep, and they're hiding in there, and the, and everyone's like, we're all fucking doomed, we're, we're dead. And Aragorn's like, is there any way to escape? And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's like, hey, right out. Just right out. Right out with me. And Aragorn conveniently looks up at a talking window that talks just like Gandalf. And, <laughs> and it says, look, my coming in the first light of the fifth day. And he's like, hey, what day is it? I wasn't paying attention. Is it the fifth day? I hope it is. Or I'm <laughs> fucked. We're all fucked. Get on our horses, everybody. We're riding out. And, and Theoden's like, fuck yeah. Someone go blow the gigantic horn. <laughs> <laughs> and Gimli's like, I'll do it. And he runs up there and he uh, <laughs> he goes to the horn of Helm Hammerhand and he blows that horn and they draw their swords and they go riding out, right? Yeah. And they're chopping and chopping and chopping and, and fighting. And then Aragorn looks east. And who does he see up on a high ridge? Why, it's none other than Gandalf the White. Yeah, Gandalf's <gasps> like he's by himself. That this is we're all gonna die. This is great. <laughs> but is he by himself? No. After Gandalf shows up, right behind him comes Aomir and a bunch of his buddies. That's right. And they're like to the king, and they all ride down. And um, when the orcs turn to look at them, the sun rises and blinds them all, and they start with the killing. <laughs> Yay! Meanwhile, back at Isengard, the trees have started fucking everything. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. They're not ha- they're not happy at all. They are not. They're killed stomping on orcs and throwing them and knocking shit over. And um one of the ents kid gets caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> they knock one of the ents over and start chopping on it with axes and it's and they start knocking things over into the thing and and, <laughs> and Saruman has a look on his face. <laughs> Like, oh, um, I didn't think this could ever happen. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> and then Treebeard says, break the dam and release the river. And they do it, and it starts flooding down. And I felt such relief to see the tree that's on fire run up and yeah, take its head he, in the water. He douses himself, yeah. Oh, thank you. Ooh. But a lot of water's rushing through, and thank God that they can sink the roots into the ground and hold their hold their ground while the, all the water comes in and kills all the rest of the orcs and floods everything. Yay! <laughs> and then Frodo decides to do something stupid. All while it, while everything's going on, he walks up some stairs and he stands on a bridge, and the Nazgul rides up and he is going to put the ring on. I can't remember. He's yeah, he's, uh, he's, to a, he's just about to. Yeah, yeah. And the Nazgul is flying closer and closer, and then Sam goes. You fucker and he jumps on him <laughs> what the hell are you doing and Frodo doesn't seem to recognize him right right not at first and Sam's like you know don't you recognize me and Frodo's like I can't do this I can't do it this is too hard this is destroying me and Sam's like yeah I know we should be dead or something <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's like, it's like, we gotta, we gotta do it. Because who else is going to do it? It's like in all those stories we read, we gotta do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we start cutting over, you know, Sam's got the big monologue at the end of the movie. Yeah. And what it basically boils down to is, I know everything's shitty, but there's still good in the world, and it's worth fighting for. Right. And and Frodo's like, yay. And Faramir overheard the whole thing. And is like, I don't want anything to do with that ring. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of here. Get out. Go on. Go destroy it. Good. 
one of the guys is like, if your father finds out you did that, your life is forfeit. And he's like, fuck him. Me if I find out you did that, get out of here. Who even fuck asked off. you? <laughs> Run and go tell him, I dare you. Yeah, go tattle to my dad. God. <laughs> Trying to do the right thing here. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to Gandalf, and he's like, Sauron's not going to be happy about any of this. He's going he's gonna to fucking... Ooh. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Let's just hope that the two little hobbits, where we don't know where they are, or even if they're still alive... They haven't hope, had any contact with it at all. Let's hope they manage to sneak all the way into Mordor, past the big bad, and all the way into the volcano to destroy the ring. Oh, yay. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Meanwhile, Sam and Frodo are walking, and uh, they're like... I couldn't have done this without you. I couldn't have done this without you. And then they kiss, and they start rolling around on the ground. And while that's happening, Smeagol, Smeagol is having an argument with himself about killing him. And then they make up their mind. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll get her to kill him. And we're like, her who? And she's like, yeah, she'll do it. And I'm like, she who? Who are you talking about? And then the movie's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pans up out of the forest they're walking through, and... You see the desolation of Mordor, and then the glowing eye of Sauron, and Barad-dûr, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And there are three of those worms, or what they're also called, fell beasts. They're circling the sky, and the movie's over. Hey, Steve, what'd you think? It's too long. Great. Here's what I thought. <laughs> hey, Steve, how did you feel about this second installment in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers? Oh, wait a minute. Steve, wake up. Wake up, Stevie. It's oh, over. What? Huh? <laughs> oh, I thought it was great. Shut up. <laughs> I thought it was just great. Um, so, okay. Here's the thing, right? At one point in the film, Treebeard tells the impatient Merry and Pippin, who, who, from my perspective, are the most sympathetic characters in the movie, because they spend most of their scenes watching the Ents going, why the hell is this taking so long? <laughs> And I'm like, I am right there with you, fellas. (laughs) I am right there with you. That's Uh, great. Treebeard says to them at one point, because they they, they finally complain. They actually say, like, what the hell is taking so long? And Treebeard says, hey, we Ents, our language takes a long time to speak, and we never say anything unless it is worth taking a long time to say. And my problem with this movie is I do not think this story is worth taking such a long damn time to say. That seems to have been the philosophy of Peter Jackson and his collaborators. They seem to have taken that that dialogue from Treebeard and thought, that's how we're going to do this story. We're going to take a hell of a long time to say it i've now watched two-thirds of this trilogy (laughs) this is uh, we're talking six hours of movie i don't i don't care about any of these characters (laughs) i don't care what happens to them i'm not invested in any particular outcome of this story i do once again want to thank orlando bloom for providing me with some of the only few seconds of screen time that i actually found entertaining when he surfs down the staircase at Helm's Deep on his shield, and he's firing arrows into the Urukai as he goes. It's so goofy and ridiculous, and in such sharp contrast to most of the rest of the movie, which is just such a fucking drag, that it put a smile on my face. And I was like, thank you, Orlando Bloom, for doing something so ridiculously goofy that it sticks out like a sore thumb. And I'm like, oh, okay, yes, more of that, please. Um, Here's the difficulty here for me, is that... Um, just as was the case with Fellowship of the Ring, this is a very well-made film. 
like visually it's stunning and that, that opening shot that we talked about when we started the summer of the the mountains like that is it's just gorgeous um some of the action sequences work really well the stunt work is terrific the the acting is really good if you're an actor who can give a good soliloquy or cast a smoldering meaningful glance you're going to do okay in these movies and and this cast is more than up to that task like the the, the main actors do a fine job but despite how well made it is and despite the obvious artistic gifts of many of the people involved in front of and behind the camera this movie just leaves me cold there's a point when i was watching it where i had to get up and do something i had to go to the bathroom or something and i paused it and when i paused it i saw that there was still over an hour left to go <laughs> and i actually groaned because i because i really felt like i had been watching this movie for about 6 hours like it was it, it, it really it was really discouraging to me to 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 realize that i had an hour left to go the uh, yeah the the length wears on me like it feels long and you know we've reviewed movies that have been longer than this and i some of my favorite movies are this long or longer than this it's not the number of minutes in the running time it's the fact that it feels long it feels so much longer than it needs to be and that creates a barrier between me and caring about the movie um in addition to the length the grandiloquence of it wears on me the fact that the characters speak in this lofty elevated way um as though sounding highbrow makes this something other than middlebrow schlock uh it thinks it's shakespeare it ain't shakespeare it tries to sound like shakespeare and trick us into thinking it's shakespeare i'm not buying it this is not shakespeare um the film doesn't so much have have actual depth as it has pretensions there are a lot of themes at play here like the movie is trying to be about things other than what it's superficially about which i appreciate there are themes here like really really heavy themes of war and patriotism and sacrifice and loyalty and family and those are all obviously like extremely resonant themes those are themes that have been present in some of the great art that has ever been made but you know i was talking about this movie with a friend of mine last night and i was trying to figure out what i wanted to say about it in a way that i that i wouldn't just be repeating myself from when we reviewed the fellowship of the ring right and and i was talking with her about it and she said well maybe if you knew some more about Tolkien, it would help to inform your opinion and she and we talked about Tolkien, and she told me some things about Tolkien that, that I, some of some of which i knew a little bit and some of which i i didn't know like yeah. she talked about how Tolkien had served in the first world war yes and, and how there are echoes of his war experiences in his he work. started writing about this stuff in the first during the first world war yeah and 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 i and i find that interesting um and then our conversation kind of veered off into the first world war and we talked about that for a little bit (laughs) and and she shared a couple of poems which i which i know as well which are favorites of of hers and are favorites of mine and and they're poems about the first world war that were written Mm. during or immediately following the first world war uh in flanders fields and uh dolce dolce et decorum est and both are relatively short dolce at decorum est is the longer of the two and it's 28 lines and and i said to my friend you know i wish that at any point during that three hour movie i just watched i was made to feel as much as both of those poems make me feel in their few lines there's a lot there in two towers there's a lot there and a lot of it is very impressive technically and visually but for for all of the good things that it has going for it and for all of the things that that i i will willingly acknowledge are very impressive in our achievements it doesn't grab me it doesn't move me it doesn't interest me i didn't hate it like i was i I, it annoyed me a little (laughs) like it tested my patience (laughs) 
<laughs> but I didn't hate it, and I can't honestly say that I think it's a bad film because I don't think it is. Um, I think it's mostly fine. But three I put hours. That on the posters mostly fine. <laughs> three hours is way, way too much time mm-hmm. to spend on mostly fine. And I know that I'm in the minority here, and and I know that that you know it's a matter of taste, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't work for me. Um, but that's what I have to say about it. It's it's not bad, but it doesn't grab me at all. You're you're right. This is a once in a lifetime experience for me because unless there's some other like external circumstance demanding it, I'm probably never going to watch this movie yeah. again. And I'm okay with that. So there you go. That, those are my thoughts. What about you, my friend? Okay. So <laughs> um, if you have experience or just love movies and are looking to uh, maybe host a podcast, please send an email to me at Jason with a D at G. Yes, it was a good run. I had a good run. (laughs) Um, Steve's experience is not a singular experience, right? This movie was very, very popular. After the first movie, book sales for The Lord of the Rings skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Lots of people went, read the books voraciously so that they could be prepared for the next two, which I think is great. It prompted people to read, right? Yeah, sure. I don't find this to be anyone trying to be Shakespeare. I don't see that in there unless I miss the Shakespeare one that featured a bunch of... I mean, I remember Midsummer's Night's Dream. There's a lot of fantasy creatures in that. Not a whole lot of cannibalism. I I remember a guy turned into a donkey. Anyway, so... Um, I don't find it pretentious as Steve does, um, and I don't find it. I don't find it to be ponderous. Now, I have a little bit of an in because I was a fan of the books before the movies came out. But my experience of enjoying the film is in singular, simply because it seemed to reach an audience that everyone was telling them there's no no one's doing fantasy films. No one's so they. I guess they figured, well, we'll take a it'll be like counter programming. We're going to do a fantasy film. We're going to treat it seriously. We're going to put it up on the screen, and people rushed out to go see it. Yeah. Now I don't know if it was the themes that we as a society needed a movie with clear good clear cut good guys and clear cut bad guys. I don't know what drove this movie to become as popular as, as it is and as beloved as, as it is. I can only cite the reasons as to why I enjoy it and try to divorce my fandom from what I appreciate about it as a movie. And what I appreciate about it as a movie is that this, like I said in the first review, this is one story told over three movies. There are things that are accomplished in this film, but I don't really see any necessary character development other than the continuation of the character development from the previous. So, you know, it's not surprising that people will watch all three of these movies back-to-back because then you're getting the full narrative experience of the original book, which was also one thing before they broke it up into three. Um, And Steve's right. It is technically excellent. But I think the main difference between Steve and I is that I find the characters engaging. I enjoy spending time with these people and I am concerned about what's going to happen even though I know for a fact what's going to happen to all of them. I feel for Frodo on what he's going through. I recognize his arc. He's going from the fairly happy, carefree, happy-go-lucky hobbit from the beginning of the movie, and he is transitioning into someone different, and we don't get that the completion of his arc until the end of the next film, and that can be hard for people to engage in if they only see the movies all broken up, or they expect some sort of closure. And they try to do it, but I feel that that, I would have to say the only weak part about it is, is that Frodo goes through a thing, and then someone talks him down and then he seems okay at the end and they needed to get rid of that he needed to be just he needed to be bad off because he's going to start off bad off again in the next one (laughs) 
Um, I appreciate this movie for its scope. I appreciate this movie that, um, because a lot of people are saying, well, I, I actually feel this way myself. This kind of kicked off a change in film. After this, everything started to become a franchise. Everything started to become multi-picture. Mm. If the Lord of the Rings hadn't worked, maybe we wouldn't have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe someone wouldn't have been able to take that chance and say, okay, well, let's try to do an interconnected universe, do multiple, do multiple stories and multiple characters, and then kind of all have them all come together. And some people can blame the Lord of the Rings for that because it's killing other kinds of movies that are being released out, <laughs> out to theaters. It's not its fault. It wasn't trying to do that. It was trying to tell this very large, very complicated story on the big screen, hitting most of the key points. Steve would, I think, would go batty if they did a direct one-to-one <laughs> version from book to screen. I think Steve would probably... It would be six films, not three. They'd all be four hours long, and then <laughs> I don't think anybody would have watched it. I have a hard time saying this to Steve, but this is the edited version of this story. <sighs> that sends a chill up my spine. <laughs> and while I agree, there's new terms, there's new names, there's new places, there's all this stuff. They handle it so that you can pick up on it. Maybe you don't know the names by heart, but you know, okay, these are the horse people. Because they have horses, there's horse stuff on them, and, and they live in the, uh, a distinctive part of, the, you know, of this mythical world that looks different from the other parts of the world that we've been in. Mordor is always overcast and awful and horrid. We can recognize where they are, right? So they have a, a clarity of storytelling so that it doesn't matter if you've necessarily memorized every single character's name or the name of the country they're from or the name of their swords or the names of whatever else they decide to name in the... <laughs> in the <laughs> Everything's got a name. What keeps me going is the relationships between the central characters, the way they care about each other, how things that happen impact them, how they seem concerned about the other characters when they don't know where they are, right? That there are still, they're still reminding us, oh, hey, Gandalf's really not cool with Frodo being the one that's having to take the ring. He never wanted him to go, and he feels bad that he's now there by himself, but he knows it has to be done. It's something that <clears throat> Gandalf is going to have to carry with him. There's a little bit of inner life in all of these characters, and they handle it fairly well. This could have easily turned into super chew a uh, scene chewers for everybody. Could have been chewing the scenery everywhere. We get a little bit of that where it's fun. I love when Theoden is when Saruman's talking through Theoden. I love that scene. It is so dippy. It is so fun and dippy to see him giggle and guffaw and tell Gandalf it's going to be the end of men and all that stuff. I love the fact. That Grima Wormtongue is just evil top to bottom looking <laughs> all the way across. He's pale, he's black, he's greasy. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff about this. Things about that, like there, are, there are parts of it where they are giving us stuff to think about, right? Tolkien has said over and over again, there is no allegory in the Lord of the Rings. Lots of people are like, oh well, the Nazgul. That, that, that sounds like Nazis, so it's about Nazis. Right. He's like, it's not about Nazis. I wanted to create a world, populate it, and tell an adventure story. That's it. <clears throat> but some of the stuff that he experienced did wind up in the book. The relationship between Sam and Frodo is based on his relationship with his footman when he was fighting in World. World War One. That's very much what that relationship is. It's usually someone who's you know a little higher born, a little bit more privileged, serving in the army. They'd have a footman, a guy who does everything, and they usually form an extraordinarily close bond that is more like family, right? And that's what he wanted between Sam and Frodo. So he couldn't divorce himself completely from his life experiences when writing the book, which is yeah. going to wind up in the film. And they kind of kind of pay homage to that. Does it feel a little hokey sometimes? Does it? Does, do, do, how many times do we have to see Sam cry? I don't know. <laughs> A lot, though. <laughs> 
Sam's one of my favorite characters because he didn't sign on for this either. He got he got abducted by a wizard to do this whole thing. But it's his dedication and his friendship to to, to Frodo and and his deep ca- sense of caring for him that he's a little bit overprotective. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't uh, necessarily um, trust Smeagol. And now we need to talk about Smeagol. <laughs> Smeagol was the first grown up CGI character. A lot of other people Dobby, and I'm like, no Dobby, Dob, no Dobby, no. <laughs> Dob Dobby, no. No Dobby. <laughs> Spiegel was the first character that had a bit of complexity about him, and he needed to work. And for the purposes of this movie, he works. It's, you know, all special effects are going to age. Is does I mean, if they made him now, with the technology they have now, I'm sure he would look uh, a bit better. But even now, he still looks really good. And you forget that, you know, you, you just forget that he's a special effect at one point. They made him extraordinarily expressive. They based his entire performance on Andy Serkis, so that Andy Serkis is actually in those scenes with those guys and they yeah. painted him out and put him in which makes a huge difference with how the characters are interacting with him. you don't ever b- not believe that they are actually talking to someone in those scenes you know where they're oh their eye mark is wrong just look up the prequels if you want to know what I'm talking about <laughs> where, the, where the eye line is completely wrong yeah so I mean, what it basically breaks down to is, is it, an, is it an adventure? Yes. Is there a lot of war? Yes. Does he shy away from the fact that war is awful? No, he doesn't. In someone else's hands, everything would have been victorious, all of these battles would have been relatively clean, and there would be no sense of loss. All those elves that show up, these immortal elves that never really have to deal with death, die. <laughs> We get to see little children getting armed for war, and it's obvious that the filmmakers don't feel terribly good about it, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and so, um, and I also love the Urukai. I love I love the way they're presented. I love how they're just basically evil, and that's all we need. It's not like we're going to sit down across the table and have a nice discussion with the Urukai, and then come to a peace treaty, and they're going to go off into their part of the country, and we're going to be fine in our part of the country. They just are evil. He has a line in there. It says, "How do men fight? What is it? How do men fight such uncompromising hate?" Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something along yeah. those lines. And that's what I liked. Is he made a clear distinction that what they represent is they represent. Hate. They represent the blindness of no oh, blind hatred is what he is what he said. I like that. I like those themes. We needed those themes at a time where we really needed for people to say no, things are going to be okay. We need to fight for things that what, what you know. I think of these lines when I'm thinking about when I feel like giving up altogether, saying fuck the country, <laughs> fuck everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminds me that things that there are good things still left and they're worth fighting for. I think that's a that's a really good message. <clears throat> I'm sorry it's really long, Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll say that the length is daunting, and the length may keep people from watching it over and over again. It hasn't, but it might someday. <laughs> and look at it this way. If they hadn't been long, TNT wouldn't have anything to put on the air for the last <laughs> ten years. Programmers would have had to actually program their network. <laughs> So, and as I said in the in the previous one, at least this didn't have whimsy. At least none of the magic that Gandalf does has sparks and big glowing lights and a bunch of other bullshit. <laughs> it's just, it's handled very, 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 I, would, I, I don't know how to say it, but understated so that it isn't sparkles and magics and puffs of smoke. It's, you know, it's grounded to a certain extent mm. and gross in a lot of parts, which <laughs> I also appreciate. And that's why I like it. So, Steve? Uh-huh. <laughs> Classic or not classic? Oh, I'm, I say not classic, but I know I'm of in the course. minority. 
That's all right. Yeah. You like it there. I will ju- I will t- I will just say this. Um if somebody did like a supercut of all three movies of just the Frodo and Sam stuff, I might halfway like that movie. The stuff, the Frodo and Sam stuff, you know what's funny about it? The Frodo and Sam stuff is the best stuff, and I think it's because rather than 15 characters and the great big battles and all that other stuff, it narrowly focuses, focuses its themes down to the core two characters, Sam, Frodo, and Smeagol. That's yeah. like the base, that's like the core of the movie. And right? and there's a simplicity, to, and I, I, like, I get that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like if the movie was focused, it was actually focused on that story, that I might actually actually be able to develop some sympathy and care about those characters because I get what Frodo's going through like I get his his feelings toward Gollum and how he sees himself in that yeah. and and I the the friendship between Frodo and Sam like that that's the closest that's the part of the movie that I come the closest to caring about yeah. and and the rest of it just seems like oh now we have to watch this again like I don't care about who gives a shit what happens to Rohan I don't care about this place <laughs> I don't care about Gon I don't care about any of this bullshit I I see a human story buried in here somewhere of like a guy who's trying to do the right thing and uh-huh. it's killing him, but he still wants to do it. And I'm just thinking, just God damn it, make the movie about that. And you know, I'm not going to argue with yeah. you. Frodo has the most compelling story in the in the books and in yeah. and in the movies. And had we just told just them and we'd never cut away. I don't think we'd lose a lot. We'd have some unanswered questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd have to rearrange it. I mean, yeah. It, it well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. They're, they are the most compelling characters. They're literally the heart of the story. Yeah. And they're going through... Frodo's going through some complicated shit, like dealing... It's it's weird. Like, he's dealing with an addiction, right? Yeah. It's like he quit heroin two days ago. Oh, yeah. Take this heroin and go throw it away. <laughs> Transport and, this heroin across the world. And you gotta walk for a year and a half with this heroin around your, your neck. Don't use the heroin. <laughs> Don't use and any of the heroin. You're there with another heroin addict that's like, give me the heroin. I love it. It's so good. I love the heroin. Oh, God. Oh, you know what it's like to shoot heroin all the time? And Frodo's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm going to get rid of this heroin, you asshole. <laughs> you stop talking about the heroin. Then he turns to Sam and he's like, I really want to do this heroin. <laughs> ah, so... And what's and you know the next film is going to start dealing with the next film is going to start dealing with regret and outcomes and I think Steve never saw the last film and I no. think that there are some things in there that might actually surprise him as far as the completion of the story as far as the takeaways for some of these characters it's like uh, once again the most compelling story is going to be Frodo's his outcome is different um, so yeah classic classic <laughs> it's a classic so Steve uh-huh. what are you going to recommend instead of the Lord of the rigs i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend a movie that pretty much nobody considers a classic oh my god but that i like so much more than this movie okay um it's similar in certain ways it tells a similar kind of story it's sort of a fantasy story um it's based on a work of of literature has a lot of motion capture in it but it's two, oh no! But it's two hours long oh, instead of no. three. I think I know which one you're talking about. It came out a few years after the last episode of this trilogy. Uh-huh. It, it, it it was kind of a box office bomb. It, it it technically made back its budget, but not by that much. So it ended up actually, I think, losing money for the studio. Um, Is it based on an ancient poem? It's based on an ancient poem. Oh shit! <laughs> and it's called Beowulf. 
Oh, yay, Beowulf. And I would watch Beowulf two times in a row before I would watch The Two Towers one more time. It's not that I love it. It's not a great movie. but It's, it's a weird adaptation. It's, it's such a weird... Ad, it's a very loose adaptation of the poem. And it has such a weird, dark, ironic sense of humor. And it goes over the top in the perfect way in, in, a, in certain places. There's, like, there's a scene when it's Beowulf telling everybody else the story of how he killed this sea monster. And he's just like gutting the thing with a knife and its guts are pouring out into the sea. And he gets swallowed by one of them. And then he bursts out of its eyeball and screams his own name. Yeah. And it's so over the top and ridiculous. And it has such life and fun and energy and all of the things that I personally found completely lacking in the two towers. So I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a really, really fun movie. It kind of loses it in the third act. You know, it kind of sort of peters out to a finish, Um, but it's a lot of fun. You get to see Ray Winstone in CG, like motion capture video game version of Ray Winstone, just overacting. You're living in the Uncanny Valley in this movie. Oh God. When you watch it today, it really, really reads Uncanny Valley. Like at the time, oh, yeah. it, at the time, it was kind of pitched as like, oh, it's cutting edge computer animation. You watch it now, and it definitely, it really feels weird. It feels like it feels like a video game cutscene, yeah. you know, because it's it's all motion capture based on real actors. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it doesn't quite hold up. Actually, I'll have to, I'll I'll give Two Towers this much. Gollum is a much better computer generated character than than really any of the characters in, in Beowulf. Gollum, but you actually feel for. He feels That's like a real character. Thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. He feels he feels like a real character um Mm -hmm. but but yeah so i'm recommending beowulf because even though it is not a great film it is certainly not a dull film and it keeps my interest and makes me laugh and uh i prefer it to the two towers you know when i saw it yeah i the first thought i had was why is this a cg movie and then i saw (laughs) oh robert zemeckis is making it never mind (laughs) because he's got a thing now he's got a thing about i just want to make things with people wearing ping pong balls Like, is it fun for you, Bob? Is it fun for you to be on a set and it's just people wearing ping pong balls and wetsuits acting in front of a green screen? Is this fun yeah. for you? <laughs> it's what's what I like. I just, look, I did the Polar Express. I thought it was cool. Then you did it again with the, you did the uh, uh, Christmas Carol that week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. With the Jim Carrey one. Yeah. 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 He thought, yeah. he said, not only do I think the world needs another Christmas Carol movie, <laughs> but I'm going to do it as CGI. Okay. Yeah. 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 So anyway, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Um, I, I, I liked uh, Gaiman's take on the story. Oh yeah. That's, I forgot but, to mention that. Yeah. Neil Gaiman yeah. wrote the screenplay. Neil Gaiman and Roger Avery wrote the screenplay. Yeah. But the rest of it was, it's kind of a dour, depressing little thing. It's, it's very, just a, it's, what? it's very dark. And I mean, visually, like it's, yeah. it's very, there's, a, there's not a lot of light in most yeah. of the scenes. Yeah. And if you want to see CG boobies, you can see them in that one. <laughs> yep. Because it's made for grownups. If you want to watch yeah. an extended hide the pickle um, <laughs> scene. Yeah, that's it's right. That's he, in here. It's when he fights Grendel. Yep. Because he decides yeah. to do it naked. Because he's a boss. That's right. Because Beowulf a is a fucking boss. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as you guys know, I like to not recommend a movie from the same year as the movie that came out that we just reviewed, and it's, you know, whatever, 2002. And another movie came out in 2002 based on a classic novel Hmm. from a famous author, and um, it was actually directed by the great-grandson of that author, and the movie is a pile of garbage that I hate. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
The movie is The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. And, oh boy, did they get that wrong, didn't they? Oh, it had none of the fun. It had none of the none of the comment, social commentary. They threw everything out of the window, and they basically wanted to do an action adventure sci fi movie with time travel in it. And it is awful. It's boring, and when it's not boring, it's confusing. And they basically took everything in the book and just kind of kind of threw it out and said, "No, no, <laughs> we don't. We don't. We're, this isn't about class structure anymore. This is just about a guy running around punching monsters." This was also the first time that uh, some people might have gone, uh-oh, when it came to Jeremy Irons. Because Jeremy Irons has started to enter the I don't care anymore <laughs> phase of his acting. Just give me the money. Give me the money and I will show up. <laughs> if I can cash the check, I'll take the part. Anybody ever seen Dungeons and Dragons? Ooh. Then you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh Jeremy, why? Yeah. And, and don't see it. It's bad. If you want to watch The Time Machine, watch the one back in 1967 with What's-His-Face. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, that's gonna drive me crazy. Oh, hang on, I'm looking it up right now. No, you don't have to look it up. No, Rod I was, no, I was yeah, yeah, Rod Taylor. Rod Taylor, yeah, thank you. There you go. That one had the great Morlocks. <laughs> they had teeth, buck teeth, and the glowy eyes. One of them rots right in front of you. It's so gross. <laughs> this one had none of that, so uh, don't see it. Hey, Steve. Yeah, man. It's time for you to make a terrible choice. Oh, boy. It's no not, tricks this time. I was going to say, it's not going to be rigged again, is it? No, no, I won't be tricksy. <laughs> okay. 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 So, as, as you guys know, this is the time where I give Steve a blind choice for the movie that we're going to review next time. And he has to either select movie A or movie B. And this time, movie A is got a great reputation. And movie Ooh. B was a popular movie. And I recently discovered falls into our has to be at least 10 years old which may become a surprise to steve oh because if he picks it i'm gonna walk into traffic oh wow i will walk into traffic if he picks it so just you know so you're not prejudicing my, my choice. life hangs in the balance <laughs> steve a or B? You said it wasn't rigged. It's not um, rigged. It's A or B. It's A or B, but if I pick B, you'll kill yourself. No, I didn't say B was a bad choice. I said it's either A or B. You don't know what they are. One is bad, or one is... And the other okay, one I gotcha. is not. I gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. I'll go with A. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. 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 You selected A. Yes. Had you selected B, <laughs> oh boy, the movie that we were going to review next would have been Mamma Mia. <gasps> oh wow! Came out in two thousand eight, buddy boy. <laughs> oh wow! I threatened you with it last year, <laughs> and then out of curiosity, I went, "Huh? I wonder if that thing's ten years old." Turns out it is. We're really old, Steve. Yeah, but you didn't. You chose A. I chose A. You chose A. Yes. And so the movie that we're going to review next time is that classic drama from the nineteen seventies, starring Talia Shire, <gasps> and finally, finally, Sylvester Stallone. Oh my! In Rocky. Oh. <laughs> That's a big one. That's a big one. Our first Stallone movie on the show after a hundred and how oh, many wow. is it now? That's right. Yeah, we. That's this is that's our first Stallone movie. That kind of says something about Stallone's <gasps> career. Oh. <And> anyway. oh man. 
Well, what else would there be? Sorry, Sly. That's true. What else would there be? That's true. He's he's Didn't had he make a musical. He made a musical with Dolly Parton. He's... I don't even remember the name of that one. <laughs> he's had a very prolific and very underwhelming career. That's right. <laughs> Other than that, it'd be Rambo. We what could... are we going to do? Cobra. Oh, I would love to do Cobra. It doesn't yeah, fit our format. I don't. No, think. No, it doesn't. But I would so love to do Cobra. Oh God. Yeah. So you guys heard it. The next time, make sure to watch Rocky. Rocky. You'll get all the jokes because when we start doing Stallone, no one understands a word we say. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if the next episode is just ninety minutes of us taking turns doing Stallone impressions because <laughs> it could it could turn into that so easily. Yeah, Mick. Come here, come here. What? I don't understand what you're saying, Rock. Come here, come here, Mick. Gummies. I don't have any gummies. You can eat after the fight. I'll get you a snack and a juice box. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys, for listening in for Late Seating. This has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives, and in the words of Aragorn, it's a long way. What? That's my feelings about this movie. It's a long way. Aragorn oh, said, "I thought you were going to start singing the start singing the Enterprise theme." Oh, that's a long road. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I thought it's... <laughs> <laughs> there was that there was that uh, that contest or that that hashtag that was trending a couple months ago of people like singing the Enterprise theme song on Twitter. Why? Uh, I don't because the internet is a place of darkness and death. <laughs> <laughs> And you and me are just like Sam and Frodo. We wander into the internet. <laughs> and then, we, except one of these days, we're going to throw ourselves in the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> this has to end sometime, doesn't it? All right. I'll push you and you push me. <laughs> yeah, that way it's, it's not murder or suicide. It's, it's like right. a mutual thing, yeah. It's, it's murder-side. It's murder-side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's our last episode. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. I should have made you do Return of the King immediately. Oh man, I, I'm glad you didn't. I know. I'm not. I'm not cruel. I, I won't have to take up drinking again. No, but this time next year, Return of the King. I kind of figured, and, and then we'll be done. Unless I'm like, what else can we possibly say about this series of films? It's not like the, the every. Okay, so here's the difference. Yeah. The prequels. There's new things to hate every time <laughs> the movies different. come out. Yeah. Yeah. They're different. This is just one long story. We keep yeah. saying the same things over and over again. So maybe we won't. Maybe we'll do a special one. We'll, we'll go, okay, Return of the King. And you'll go, it's too long. And I'll go, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. <sighs> so t- less than 10 seconds long. Yeah. Wow. Wait for this to come out every week. Like, <laughs> they've gotten so lazy. Just listen to one of the other ones. <laughs> what else am I supposed to say? You know what? We should do a supercut in which we do a synopsis of all of our disagreements and, and agreements for all the movies that we've done. <laughs> that would be great. I think we've disagreed more than we've agreed. We may have, yeah, because we always. I mean, it's not like when we disagree. It's not like we're like at each other's throats. No, you know, we're amicable. Yeah, it's exactly. We take those feelings and we stuff them deep, 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 deep down. <laughs> and then they come out when we're alone with when our we're spouses. With our family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just shut up. Just leave me alone. What did I do, Daddy? Shut up! <laughs> That's right, because my grown-ass children still call me Daddy. I thought maybe. I don't know. I yeah, because they're infantile. I don't know what your home, I don't know what your home life is like. Good. I thought maybe you insisted on it. <laughs> what? Call me Daddy. 
Now sit down and watch The Two Towers again. <laughs> we like it, but we don't like it as much as you do. We like Harry Potter. Fuck him. You're out of this house. His world makes no sense. <laughs> they send people to solitary confinement on no evidence. <laughs> I don't care if they're witches. People fighting with wands is dumb. <laughs> it looks dumb. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.